What's up, everybody? Parked in Turn One is back with another thrilling podcast covering this weekend's MotoGP and World Superbike. I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice, and my partner, Bo. What's going on, Bo? Hey, not much, Jason. Uh, just ready to get into this weekend. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. We really do. We really do. And I, I, I think we have to start with a sad subject, and that is the passing of Jason DePasquier. You know, he had a, a qualifying crash and uh, unfortunately succumbed to the injuries he received in that crash. And when something like this happens, it's just tough on the entire community. It really is. And you can see it and feel it from everyone in the MotoGB paddock to everyone in the World Superbike paddock. It, it, it was everywhere. And it, even in the fans of motorcycle racing, we all felt it. And it just sucks. And a, a kid that's 19 years old from Switzerland, um, he's just gone too soon. And uh, it really, it it really struck a chord with me this weekend. How about you? No, I, I completely echo those sentiments um, and, and agree with you, Jason. It it, it really it kind of brings you back down. Uh, kind of uh, as far as grounding you and realizing you kind of what we do and. Um, and not to say, you know, by any means are we at the level that these riders are at, but, you know, it's still a risk, um, you know, with anything. You know, you never know when, when, you're, when your time is your time. Um, but, you know, I guess if there's a positive takeaway to it, you know, I'm sure that, um, you know, Jason DePasque was doing what he loved. Um, and that's a huge thing. You know, if you're, if you're living your life to the fullest um, and you're, you're really moving, uh, you know, you're moving forward with your life and, and just out there doing what you love, um, you, it just feels more fulfilling, I guess. You know, I'm kind of at a loss for words of, of how uh, to really describe it. Look, I, I agree with you. He was doing what he loved, and there's no doubt about that. And there's honestly no better way for any human being to go than doing what they love. But that doesn't make it any easier for the no, people around not, them. Not at all. It doesn't. It doesn't take the pain away. Um, Jason's parents, Jason's friends, his teammates, even uh, my man, Ray Yusei, uh, he, he was struggling with it, you know, and yeah. you could see it. And uh, they, he decided not to race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I totally respect that decision. You know, if, if it would have been my teammate and they, they seemed to be friends. He said that they had cheesecake after every race together. That was kind of their celebration and kind of their, their friendship and their relationship and, and, and you know what, man, I, there's nothing you can say that eases that pain. But to your point, if, if I'm going to go, I would much rather it to be doing something we love. And I, and I think it brings to the front, forefront just how dangerous our sport is. We love it, and there's nothing like it to me. But every time we throw a leg across that bike and we sit down and we hit the throttle, there's a chance this is yeah. the last time we do it. Um, and this just, this reminds us all of just how fleeting and fragile life is. And uh, so we should savor every moment that we can do that. And, and it, it it just reminded me of all those things. When I saw the news about him, I I just shook my head and, and uh, said a little prayer for him and his family because I know it's just way too soon. It's yeah. way too soon to be gone. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, we, we were watching, 
we watched qualifying when we got home uh, Saturday night from uh, from a friend's house and uh, you know saw the crash and and immediately you know I was trying to figure out looking up news articles to see if there were any updates and uh, you know Sunday morning I woke up and and honestly that was the first thing that I tried to find was an update and and that's when I saw the news and, and you know it kind of gut checked me pretty pretty bad and um, yeah it's 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 tough. You know, it's tough, like you said, it's tough on the entire community. You know how tight-knit we are. Um, it just, it, it sends a ripple all the way through the, the world, you know, all the way through the industry, all the way through the, just through the paddock and and abroad. So um, never, never fun, never good things, never, no. never a good thing whenever this kind of stuff happens. Yeah, so absolutely. And, and we here at Park and Turn One, we send our, thoughts and prayers to, again to his family mm-hmm. um to his friends and to his team and those that were close to him in any way and the, and the people that raced with him you know um because that's got to be scary one of your own um passing away like that it's not the first time we've seen it i can guarantee you it won't be the last but in terms of um you know uh, just in terms of feelings and emotions about it it's just terrible it's awful. It, you never want to see anybody that have that happen to them. And especially a young man who was 19 and had his whole life ahead of him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, golly, it's just tough to take. And, you know, I think no parent should ever lose their, should outlive their child in that. And for his parents, man, I feel it. as a dad and parent myself, I, uh, I can't, I can't even imagine it, but you know, um, uh, so, you know, Jason, we, we wish you the best, man. Ride in peace, brother. Um, and, uh, you know, and keep watch over the rest of those guys in the MotoGP paddock, the Moto3, Moto2, and MotoGP. Keep them safe. And, uh, you know, I, I think, honestly, I think a racer, as a racer, I, I think Jason was um, would have said, hey, go racing, um, maybe. Uh, I think, I think he, there's a good chance he would have because we talked about it last week about what these guys endure just to get out there and how much it means to them. And, uh, you know, for Jason to have gotten to the level he got to, it meant the same. It meant that much to him. So, yeah. you know, moving forward, uh, we won't forget the number 50. And, um, you know, uh, I'm sure that uh, everyone at Prustel will uh, try to do their best to remember the Swiss rider the best way they can and to honor his memory with some, uh, some good racing, some good results. And, uh, you know, I, what else can you say? No, absolutely. I completely agree. But, uh, you know, with that, I, we started it out with a real positive subject, but I felt like we needed to speak on that because I felt it, you know, I felt it. I oh, did absolutely. not know Jason and, yeah. but I'm in that community, man. And I, and I had, I, I just, every, I just remembered how many times I had said his name this year. He was having such a good year, his second year in the, in the paddock and is tough, but we did have a Moto3 race and, uh. You know, we, you and I talked about it this week. I think we're going to change a little bit the format of how we go over it. So we're going to go over the top 10 finishers and then any notable crashers. And beyond that, any major stories we'll talk about, you know, someone that's usually up at the front finishing 20th or something, but we don't have enough time to go over every rider. So let's get it started here with Moto3 and Mugello. Uh, Dennis Fagia finishing first, Gemma Masia second. Gabriel Rodrigo was third. Mm-hmm. Ayumo Sasaki was fourth. Darren Bender in fifth. Romano Fanati sixth. John McPhee in seventh. Pedro Acosta eighth. 
Sergio Garcia, ninth, and Tatsuki, Tatsuki Suzuki finishing in tenth. Give me your thoughts. What were the major, what were the major storylines for you in this race? Um, you know, we see Fajia now. Um, Fajia is kind of feast or famine, right? Um, every time when he's see, good, he is really, really good. Yeah, and and you know his bike down the front straight. We know that the the front straight at Pagello is longer than a night in jail, um, and that bike was just fast. Uh, I would I would say that you know if we really watched the uh, the race again and broke it down. I would imagine that every for the laps that he didn't cross the finish line, start finish line in first, um, he was you know those bikes were immediately being passed and drafted back you know very close to if not by the start start finish line, but he was able to maintain that lead just a little bit longer. It seemed like down the front straight, so the, the bike's definitely fast. I think we had seen that before uh, with Lorenzo Della Porta whenever he had ridden that bike uh, to the world championship. Um, but no, you know, not to take anything away from Dennis Foggia. He wrote he wrote a really good race and did well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, the, the bike definitely looked really good, um, and so did he. You know, it it really did. He looked really good. I, I, and that's the thing we can't figure out about Foggia. When <laughs> when that guy is on it, when he is all there, my goodness, he is so good. Yeah. Um, and sometimes he just disappears. Um, and sometimes for a long time, we don't know why, but he does. So I'm hoping that this, this year we've seen it more often, the, the good Fagia, right? And, and I'm hoping that this is leading to a bit more consistency because there's obviously some talent there and some speed. So we'd like to see it more often because it would bring another rider up to the front. Um, I think Jamma Masia had a great race. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he barely he barely lost it at the line there. He almost pulled it off. But I I was impressed with his ability to keep it under control and not start making crazy 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 Masia turns. Yeah, you know I, I, he made no crazy moves in that race, and there were some moments where he could have tried, and he didn't. And I was just really impressed with his his ability to keep a level head and he knew he had some speed and he could do it and he didn't throw it away what do you think i I agree i think a lot of that actually goes back to akiyo and the way that he manages those riders and and kind of gets inside of their head a little bit and and gets them thinking about things and calming down and and we've seen a you know a lot a bigger mental step um out of jam amasia i think uh this season so far you know he's a little bit of a wild card and you know even at the beginning of the season looked like he still had that tendency to get a little hot-headed but um no this was a really poised race i think for jama and and obviously we saw repeatedly lap after lap after lap just how busy turn one got in this class um you know it it, uh, it arguably i think that it was nuts turn, let's yeah, just it was, say it it was crazy well i think arguably, that was crazy this turn one was much more interesting than turn one at qatar and we saw how interesting i agree that could get you know, i agree but, but this one definitely seemed like it uh uh, it seems like this turn one bunches up a lot quicker, uh, you know, and it tightens up quite a bit quicker than Qatar does. They've got a little bit more mm-hmm. runoff at Qatar, mm-hmm. a little bit more area to get ready for turn two. Well, this is this is right into it. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I I was clenching butt cheeks every time they came <laughs> into turn one. That was that was crazy. Um, the the draft at Mugello 
we see the draft make a difference on any time there's a long straight. But the draft at Mugello just seems to make an incredible difference, especially right on the pit exit area. Like, it, there, you can see the draft working up until the start-finish line. But then after that, when they're going on that little triangle, you know, Italian flag-colored area where the pit out is... Mm-hmm. I mean, where the you know where they're leaving pit. I just, oh my goodness, it, think, it is it's nuts. They go so far inside some of them. I think a lot I'm of that like, has to do with the that hill right there. You know, because I that agree. Lead bike yeah. is pushing the wind. It's pushing its own wind uphill, and you know the yep. bikes behind it. They're just kind of getting sucked right yep. up in there. So I think that yeah. I think you're right. There's definitely a bigger difference that you see come out right there. It, it's nuts, man. I, I mean, some of those guys were just coming in there like <laughs> rockets. It was like a heat-seeking missile. Um, but, you know, uh, Gabriel Rodrigo with a great race finishing in third. He got up on the podium. He needed this re- finish, um, and he did a great job. Uh, another guy that pl- that ran a really good race today or on Sunday um, did a, just did a nice job of keeping his head about him because just what we were talking about, turn one was crazy, and there was passing going on all over the place. And for the guys that finished the race on the podium and win the race – I mean, you just had to keep your head the whole time because it was it was crazy at times. It really yeah, was. Definitely. Um, you would see someone in first across the start finishing line, and then after turn one, they're in seventh or eighth. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it was nuts. So um, good on Gabriel Rodrigo. He needed that win, like uh, needed that finish. Like I said, I mean, I, I think you would agree. No, definitely, absolutely. Uh, another rider I was really impressed with, uh, and and I'm becoming more and more impressed with is Yuma Sasaki, who placed in fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Sasaki's yeah. kind of snuck up a little bit. He's actually third in the championship right now. Yep, I, um, I do know that, and I he is he's he's obviously an outstanding rider, or he wouldn't be there with Akiyo, mm-hmm. right? Or well, he's not with Akiyo, but he wouldn't be in the Red Bull stable, right? Right. If he wasn't, and and you know, I I think. One of the things about I was so impressed with Sasaki was because he was involved in that that crash with um, DePasquier, and that would have been a tough thing to overcome. Oh yeah, absolutely. He knew, and there was nothing he could do. This was not his fault. It was. I I don't mean that at all, but it doesn't matter. You know that something you were involved with ended the life of someone else, and any human being with a soul is going to feel that. And for him to put that aside and go in and run the race that he ran with the craziness that was happening out there um you know hats off to you Sasaki. that was that was a that was a stand-up ride um you know darren bender finishing in fifth was a little disappointing um yeah he's i don't know about darren man he's 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 not he's not doing what i thought darren would be doing at this stage but it's moto three with a ridiculous slipstream front straight so yeah. i'm kind of kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt where are you i'm right there with you i think you know he got some bad luck in uh, in jerez and so i think that there you know that has to be looked at a little bit um but uh but yeah i think uh, obviously darren bender wanted wanted a, a better result out of this um you know he was a half second off the victory um so you know they're definitely once again he was in that pack the whole time it's not like he wasn't close and and that's you know these top what 10 11 guys um yeah they were all in that lead pack so it at that Mm -hmm. point it almost becomes you know kind of the luck of the draw or who gets the better drive coming out of the final turn yeah yeah and uh you know so foggy just had it today 
Um, you yep. know, we see, uh, you know, Fanati and McPhee, fifth, sixth and seventh, and then we had the guy, headliner of the series so far, Pedro Acosta, um, actually had a seventh place and then got demoted one one uh, yep. one position with uh, the old the last lap. lap, last lap exceeding track limits penalty. Now we're going to get into that later. Yes. You and I have discussed it, but they're okay. Yeah, our FIM just get your big boy pants on because I'm coming for you a little bit later. You, you people. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think I think you know Romano Fanati and McPhee both ran solid races. Again, anybody in that top ten, you know, had a yeah. chance, and it just it just didn't work out for some of them. Um, I didn't see any huge mistakes from either of those guys. But what I think we saw is that Pedro Acosta is actually human, and I think he mismanaged his race a little bit. Um, I think he made a couple decisions that weren't the right decisions. And, um, I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to bash him. What I'm saying is that I feel like, okay, this guy is human because after the first four races, we were like, wait a minute. Who is this guy? Is right. it, Yeah. Is this guy going to win or be on the podium every time he gets on a motorcycle? Yeah. So it, it, it just shows me that he is still young. He is still learning. And that and there's no substitute. Yeah, absolutely. There's no substitute for experience. And if it's always easy, you're not going to get better. Right. And um, he will get better. But, you know, he he struggled in this race with, like I said, I thought some decision making from time to time. Um, I think he was trying to figure out where he wanted to be those last few laps. And when he did that, you know, it it just turned into you know, this, this thing where, you know, it just didn't work out. He made the wrong choice and that's okay. I mean, he still brought the bike home right. and he finished in eighth and he didn't lose a, a, a huge haul of points to anyone that was close to him, except for Masia maybe, but really he was so far ahead. Um, he, he could afford this. Now he can't afford this five, six times in a row, but let's see what he does next week. Yeah, definitely. And then we have, you know, Sergio Garcia and then Tetsuki Suzuki, you know, rounding out the top ten. Um, you know, both solid rides from those guys. This is a good result for Suzuki. I think he really needed this result. It's only the third time he's finished in the last ten races, so yeah, he needed it bad. Yeah, he needed it bad. I, I one of my things that I want to talk about though is you know Dennis on Chu. Uh, yeah, brother. Okay, Dennis, we have now put your number on a seat in the bow bus because you keep getting on the bow bus. You may be our freak, our most frequent flyer at this point. And we got to stop crashing, man. He definitely you have is, to stop. He is our moto three regular. He is definitely seems to be our moto I three mean, regular. But my goodness, when he went, th these are the guys I can't figure out. These are the guys that I get most frustrated with because when he is good, he's my good. goodness, yeah. he's fast. Yep. And but but he's obviously too fast for the bike he's on, so it's probably you know either he doesn't ride this type of bike well or he doesn't he's overriding the bike, which I think is the latter. But um, you know I don't know. So also Mino had an off, but I don't I don't think it it wasn't Mino's fault. That was not on him. You know he was unlucky there. Yeah, he had nowhere um, to go. Yep, yep. And and so you know those two guys following. I just wanted to mention that do you have anything to add about Anchu, or um, did he get did he order the in-flight meal on yeah, the bus? he's it 
definitely. He's first class. You know, he's got he definitely collects uh, miles from us. But um, <laughs> no, nothing that we've already said before. Yeah, I, I, unbelievable. <clears throat> anyway, let's move on to Moto Two because you know I there's some big news in Moto Two this week, and I and I I I wanted to talk about Moto Two. Let me let me look through my notes about. Um, let's see. I don't think there's anything else about Moto Three that I need to to mention. Do you have anything? No, let's jump right into Moto Two. Like you said, we've got some news and and some more topics that are really going to pull out of that. One of those being again that long lap penalty or the excuse me the last lap penalty. Yeah. All right. So but, uh, in Moto Two, Remy Gardner won his first race of the year. Raul Fernandez, his teammate, finished second. Marco Bezzecchi was on the podium uh, in third. Joe, well, he got on the podium because Joe Roberts was demoted by another last lap exceeding track limits penalty. Joe Roberts then finished in fourth. Uh, Marcel Schroeder in fifth. Ayagura in sixth. Tony Arbolino in seventh. Cam Bobier in eighth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haffy Shiren in ninth. And Stefano Manzi in tenth. That's the second time this year Stefano Manzi has been in the top ten. So all credit to him. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yep. So let's start with Remy Gardner. There's some news about Remy Gardner this week. He's going to be in MotoGP next year. Yeah. Huge congratulations goes out to Remy Gardner. I think that he's earned that seat. Um, he, he's oh, he's, absolutely. He's a phenomenal rider this year. You know, we've always seen a lot of talent out of Remy Gardner, but this year he's got something different. You know, he's he's just he's riding very professionally in, in the class so far. Um, you know, Raul Fernandez once again ran away with with this race. Um, for the most part, and you know Remy Gardner, cool as a cucumber, just you know hung tight and then kept working his way back, and uh, you know and then you know made his move and kept his tires about him. Uh, so I think that you know huge credit goes to Remy Gardner there, um, as well as Fernandez. You know Fernandez has gained a lot of experience and 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 is doing very second in the championship just by a few points to Remy. So um, this is just a powerhouse team right now. This this IO Absolutely. team, man, IO. Man, that guy. You know, so Red Bull, again, with the embarrassment of riches, I, I agree with you. Remy Gardner ran a ran a wonderful race. It, it really, in terms of what he had to manage, you know, with the uh, the tires and the and the the lead that Raul Fernandez had, had pulled out, you know, man, that's a picture-perfect, picture-perfect race management. I, I just... I'm just so impressed with what Remy Gardner is doing this year in terms of his speed overall. But when he doesn't have it, he just goes and gets the points. Yep. And then when he does have it, he wins. Absolutely. And that that is that is the recipe for world championship if I've ever seen it. Um, Marco Bezzecchi was on the podium. I, I expected him to be a little closer, but you know what? I think Raul Fernandez and Remy Gardner are just a little bit on a different level than Bezeki at this moment in the in the season. Um, and Bezeki's not not to say that he's been terrible because he has not. He's finished every race, and and he's been right there. But he's on the podium, so although Joe Roberts beat him, we know it. He knows it. Joe knows it. The FIM knows it. And I'm coming for you later, FIM. I told you. But, you know, for him to get on the podium, that's a good finish. And I, yeah. I felt like he did what he could do with the package he had. I, I don't know what's going on with their bike this year, but it, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like he's completely comfortable. And I, 
I want to say it's corner exit where he's struggling because he he seems to be using a tire up an awful lot. Um, and maybe that's his riding style. I don't know. I mean, give me your thoughts. Uh, I think, actually, I want to say, I would almost say it looks like he might be struggling a little bit with entry uh, and front-end feel, uh, you know, coming in. But, um, you know, whenever Sam Lowe's went down in this race, it almost looked like Petsecki really kicked it into another gear. Uh, because then he saw a podium in front of him, uh, you know, and that really that almost seemed like it gave him a little bit more drive to start pushing a little. Well, he's harder a competitor for and, sure, and move, and in. he's yeah. going to give you everything he's got. Yeah, uh, and I don't want to say I don't mean that to come off that he gave up whenever he saw Sam Lowe's, you know, pull through the pack, and then and then even Joe Roberts that had been, you know, that that they that he did, wasn't going to have a chance for a podium, you know. Um, I, I don't want that don't want it to come across that way at all. But we clearly, I clearly did see something when. Betsecki decided to start to run with Roberts after that, um, you know, and unfortunately, you know, they had a really good last lap battle, but Joe Roberts was the victim of a technicality, um, or not really a technicality, but a, a just outright rule that may or may not be a ridiculous rule. Um, stand oh, by we'll, F- d- we'll discuss. Don't stand worry. By we'll discuss. But, yep. but no, um, to echo what you're saying, Bar- Marco Betsecki's, um, he doesn't have he doesn't have what we thought we would have he would have this year or once again it could go back to what you're saying that you know this KTM team is just that good right now in Moto2 that that everyone else has to figure out how to get to where they are you know 8 seconds off the win that's not where Betsecki needs to be at no especially but, when we're talking about spec bikes that are you know that are all in the same engine um, yep. you know, for the most part the ch- chassis are different but uh, you know all these guys are on the Calyx all the you know almost all the top uh, the top 10 with the exception of Hafish Cyrene um or they're on Calix chassis. Yeah, that's true. Um you know, I, I think I think the Calix chassis is is the chassis of choice. I mean, I, I don't oh, think there's course. any doubt. You you can't you can't dispute it at this point. They they have it figured out, but I'll tell you what Marco Bezecchi did win was best looking motorcycle. I mean, far and away. Oh yeah. That Italian so. flag, that Italian flag that VR46 put on their bikes this weekend was unbelievable and if they would have just shown me that bike the entire race i would have been mesmerized (laughs) i don't care what place they were in luca marini same thing but it didn't matter but they they did you know joe roberts finishing in fourth um due to the the exceeding track limits penalty Mm -hmm. um it's a rule it is what it is. Did I agree with the ruling? Because I believe there's a thing. I, I've always believed that there's a spirit of the law and a letter of the law. And I don't believe that Joe Roberts definitely broke the letter of the law with the rule. He didn't break the spirit. Um, that's a tricky one. It got It caught a lot of people out in that corner this weekend. And... It's unfortunate that Joe got caught up in it, but he did, and uh, we'll we'll talk about it later. But overall, though, fourth place for Joe Roberts is a great finish right now. We needed that; it would have been great for the podium, and he really did beat. He did finish third, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm positive with Joe right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Joe's great race. Not much more can be said about that. You know, Joe Roberts. No, he was, he did a he did a great job. I mean, yeah. they weren't going to catch Sam Lowe's. But Sam, so I was having a discussion with someone about Sam Lowe's not too long ago, and what they told me was Sam tries to win in every corner they feel like. And I didn't know that I agreed with them when I read that, but I, 
I think they might be right. Like, I just feel like he is. I think that's a he's, little. He, uh, he, no, listen, listen, hang on. He he started the first two races off like wildfire, and he did a great job. And, and I'm not saying that he's going into a slump, but what I am saying is that we are now seeing Sam in the gravel not once, not twice, but three times, right? Yeah. And and, and that's that's more than half the races. And you are what your record says you are. And and I feel like with Sam, you know, he's not doing what Remy Gardner did the first three, four races of the year. You know, does that make sense? Like, no, I, I completely that, agree. And, that, and that's that's what I was going to bring up too is the comparison between those two riders is, you know, mm-hmm. on a day that Remy Gardner, like you said, on a day that Remy Gardner doesn't have the win, Remy Gardner knows that he doesn't have the win. And not to say that he is okay with that, but he positions himself to mitigate, the, to stop the bleeding as much as possible, right? So he goes out right. and he gets his best possible finish for that day. Um, Sam Lowe's, if he doesn't have the win, he still wants to go get the win. Um, and that's right. he, and there's a frantic, there's there's almost a frantic nature about how he rides when he's not immediately at the front of the pack. Um, right. And, and that uh, that shows true to me in the boat, the race at Le Mans, and also the race uh, at Mugello. You know, in Le Mans, yeah. he took out another rider. You know, yep. into uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and. Uh, you know, and he, I think he lost the front in Arabiata one <clears throat> at Mugello this weekend, uh, which is a really fast place to go off. Um, so, yep. a, and I just think that there's definitely something about Sam that he's got to realize that if you don't have it on Sunday, bring it home. You know, we've said it and he's heard it how many times right. now is that points win championships. That's right. Yep. Well, we were wrong in the beginning of the year because we both agreed that the only person that was going to beat Sam Lowe's this year was Sam Lowe's and we were wrong because Raul Fernandez and Remy Gardner are beating Sam Lowe's and the reason they're beating him is just purely on race management right now. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's, uh, it's something he's got to work out. Um, moving on, you had Marcel Schroeder in fifth. What a great result for Marcel Schroeder. Certainly. Ayagura in sixth. That's a great finish for him on the Itamitsu Honda Team Asia bike. Mm-hmm. Tony Arbolino in seventh place. Hey, man, this kid's got some speed now. Yeah. I think we're starting to see it. Yeah, he definitely found something. He looks – and even seeing him, you know, in, in the paddock when the camera hits him, he's more upbeat now. He's definitely got that smile on his face again. He's got that yep. that presence about him on the bike and, and uh, Absolutely. really coming into it on the bike. So, no, I was happy yeah. to see uh, – yep. happy to see the Liquid Moly uh, team – make a big step uh, as a Absolutely. team this year, you know, and as two Yeah, riders, they're a great so. team. They, yeah. I figured that it was the bike and they would get it figured out because Tony Arbolino is a great rider, and they have. It looks like he's moving forward. Cam Bobier finishing at eighth from 25th on the grid. That might be the story of the weekend for me. Um, I am I'm over the moon for the, the, the two Americans in the top ten. I did not like it when the announcers were saying that Cam sometimes is over the limit. Um, that is not who Cam is. They don't know Cam that well, is so I'm going to take up for him. Yeah. Um, Cam is learning a lot of new stuff right now. So if you want to say he's over the limit, that's because he didn't know where the limit was. You know what I mean? Like now that he he's starting to figure that limit out, we'll start to see the Cam Bobier that we're used to seeing. But it, he'd never been to Mugello, evidently. And man, 
What a race. Well, exactly. I mean, you got to think think about it. Once again, starting in 25th and moving up to 8th position. And, and yeah, there was some attrition with this race. You know, Fabio Giannantonio, we, we saw uh, Sam Lowe's. Um, but at the end of the day, he still brought it home in 8th position. And he was fighting with these guys in 8th, ninth, and 10th position. And even down yep. with Aaron Kinnett in 11, when you look at the lap charts, you see that number 6 jumping back and forth with Aaron Kinnett yep. and Hector Garzo and Haffy Siren. There was some great racing, and, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we, and we didn't really get to see it a lot, you know, but we didn't get a whole lot of um, of camera coverage on that. But we know that there was some really good, good racing back there. And that makes yep. me really happy and really uh, excited about where Cambobier is going in this class. Yeah, um, I agree. And if we can just, if Cambobier can figure out qualifying, mm. watch out. I mean, yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, Cam, keep doing your thing, buddy. I absolutely. mean, we are rooting for you for sure. Uh, you and Joe both keep doing your thing. Fly that flag. Well, Hey, I, I have to eat some crow here. Happy Shiren is starting to put some results up. Um, and I, I called Haffy Shiren out earlier this year, and uh, he's just kind of told me to shove it the last couple of weeks. I mean, congratulations to Haffy Shiren, man. I'm I'm happy to see him up there as another top 10 and or, or a top 10 here, and good on you, man. I, I have to tip my hat. I think beyond that, the story there is not only is Haffy showing result now, finally, it's Haffy is showing result on a chassis that's not as strong as the Calyx. So Haffy is right. riding that, but he's taking that NTS chassis and he's he's bringing it forward. He's bringing it to the yep, to, towards the sure. front of the pack. For so he's sure. bringing that team a lot of great data, a lot of good information yep. that they're going to be able to use to keep continue yep. improving that package. Yep, and uh, you know Stefano Manzi, another top ten, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. You know he's on a great team. If it's the bike. They'll figure it out for Stefano, and they are. I mean, he's 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 becoming more and more uh, consistent, and that's all you can ask for from your riders to keep working and keep improving. Um, so the 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 things you know, we've already talked about Sam Lowe's crashing out, but you know, we got to mention Augusto Fernandez. Yep. Uh, he's now crashed out of three straight. Um, uh, Jorge Navarro, buddy. You and Dennis Anchu both have your numbers on seats on that bow bus. You've got to get off the bow bus. Um, and Lorenzo Baldessari's wretched season just kept keeps going. And I don't even, I uh, I mean, this guy's struggling, and it's hard to watch. No, absolutely, I completely agree. Um, I don't I don't have words for it. Uh, we know that he's such a better such a better rider than that. Um, but he's just having a tough year, bit, really tough transition. Um, yep. So we're just going to wish him the best, and hopefully he gets better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to MotoGP. I mean, we – we um, unless you had something else you wanted to cover in uh, Moto2? You know, I, I think that's just about it for me. Uh, I think we should probably wrap this one up because we're probably going to go pretty deep into uh, MotoGP. So if you guys will just slide right over to the next uh, part of Episode 12, we will catch you there. <laughs> 